I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, cool. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of uh, Cuatro Cuatro Dos. I'm over here joined by uh, Juan. Uh, he runs the Peña of Real Madrid here in Houston. So go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, Juan. Since obviously hey, guys. Uh, my name is Juan Uriarte. Uh, I host uh, a lot of the Real Madrid game in Houston. Uh, I was born and raised in Mexico City, but lived in Houston the majority of my life. So I'm a big uh, Houstonian fan and I'm a big Real Madrid fan. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, so we I guess we kind of have a similar story. We were born in different places, but... We grew up in Houston, I guess, right? Exactly. So Houston pride and then also our home country's pride. For sure, for sure. So uh, let me just go ahead and get to it and ask you some questions about, like I, like I told you before, we're going to talk about you and your life and growing up with, uh, with soccer, and then we'll, we'll get into uh, the whole La Liga and, the, and, the, and your team. Uh, so, yeah, just tell me a for little sure. bit of, you know, when did the love for, for the sport came about? How did it come about? Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, growing up with 29 cousins and most of them are football fans, you know, it was naturally that I would become a fan of it. Of course, we had a little bit of split, you know, we had some America fans, some Chivas fans, we had some Real Madrid fans, some Barcelona fans, I ended up being in the Real Madrid side of things. And the, the reason why I started this fan base was because for the longest time here in Houston, I, it was always horrible to just watch the games at home and just like, yeah, just celebrating by yourself. It, it, to me, it just didn't, it just didn't vibe. Once in a while, you know, like I would go to either a bar or a hookah bar with some of my friends and watch the games. But I felt like there, there had to be more of a community. I got introduced to the Peña Society, like all the community within here in Houston, because there's, some, there's two Real Madrid families, the one I run and the other one that meets around downtown. I actually used to be part of that one. I got to not only meet them, but I actually got to meet a lot of the ones they interact with, with Miami, New York, because I went to the Miami game for the Clasico. I got to meet all of them. And for the longest time, I was part of that community. And then I decided to start my own because I wanted to host more games. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, for people to feel welcome regardless of like, if you were paying a membership or not. So that's basically why I created uh, Peña Madridista HTX. Uh, we were originally called Clutch City Peña, but we changed our name and now, you know, we just, we try to strive our best just to welcome everybody and, you know, enjoy Real Madrid together. So where do you guys uh, get together to watch the games? So we've, we actually jumped around a few bars, but we finally cemented ourselves at Richmond Arms uh, down on Richmond. Uh, it's fantastic because the owners are so nice. And on top of that, they always reserve the middle section for us. So the big projector screen is for watching Real Madrid games. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. And uh, how many, uh, like, how many people do you guys bring in for games? So usually for regular games, it's between it could be from between ten to fifteen people. For big games, that's when the large crowds come out. You know, your Real Madrid Barcelona, your Real Madrid Atlético de Madrid, 
and your Champions League games, they usually range between 25 to even sometimes 35 people. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's a good amount. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It gets like super I'll, fun. Yeah, like I was it's talking fun. to, uh, like I mentioned, I talked to you about Paul. He runs at Wolves Houston. And uh, we were talking about how, how cool it feels to, like, have, like, a group of people wearing the same jerseys or, you know, chanting the same songs or, you know, screaming go at the same time, uh, you know. It, go it ahead, go really ahead. is because the thing is, is that, you know, like, mo a lot of people don't know this, but they, they're, like, watching the like, – it's not the same thing, you know, watching at home than, like, you know, oh, it's the weekend, I'm getting ready to see my boys and, you know, put on the jersey – buy a couple of chelas and get ready to you know have the time of their life and regardless of win or lose or draw we're there with the team we're like always like supporting and that's the best part you know you get to be part of a of a group and that's like the best feeling ever yeah that's what's up yeah i mean but going into that into like the whole love of the game and love of the team how how did you come around liking uh liking real madrid like since you know since you had been a mexican national of mexican descent how did that love come about for so, the Spanish team? So I basically grew up with two clubs, Club America and Real Madrid. Uh, my family would always watch those two teams, and my cousins would never miss a Clásico and a Clásico Nacional for Mexico and a Clásico of Spain. So I had the pleasure of like being with the cousins that would always watch the Galacticos on TV. <laughs> you know, Roberto Carlos, El Fenomeno. I mean, Figo, Zidane, David Beckham. And that's why I fell in love with the, with the team. And even though I actually got to see Barcelona live first, um, I saw them live here in Houston against Club America, where they tied 4-4. And even though I got exposed a lot to Barcelona, I never, I, it never attracted me. And, by, and it was a time when Ronaldinho was popping. Like, Ronaldinho was famous around the world. You know, nobody would stop talking about him. You know, Eto, they had Rafa Marquez. Well, I mean, our own national player, Rafa Marquez, was playing for Barcelona at the time. Mm. So, it, it's crazy how, like, I was exposed a lot to both teams, and I just ended up falling in love with the, with the magic of Real Madrid. Uh, some of my favorite players of all time, Raul Gonzalez and Iker Casillas, were the players that I followed, and I especially followed them in the Spanish national team. So, it, naturally, my... My love grew for them, and I've been a diehard fan since. So, talking about being a diehard fan, uh, diehard fan, and you mentioned that you went around and, like, you, for example, you went to Miami when they came and played. Uh, like, what are what are, like what kind of crazy experiences do you have going somewhere or watching the games? Or so, uh, let me tell you my whole Miami experience. Go for it, this bro. was when I was still part of. This was when I was still part of the other fan base. We set up tickets not only to go to the game, but they, the uh, Peña in Miami, which is Peña Madridista Sur Florida, had actually hosted a gala before the game. And not only do we get to meet all the Peñas around the United States, we also got to meet Raul Gonzalez in person. Oh, um, it, it was so nice because people were asking questions, you know, he was talking so nice. Emilio Butragueño was also present and it was just, it was amazing. It was like, looking at my heroes, like the people that I saw. Well, I didn't get to see Putraguenio play, but Raul, seeing Raul in person, which is like outstanding. After that, you know, we tailgated uh, out right outside of the Miami Dolphin Stadium, which was where the Classico was hosted. 
we got to be in the tailgate with all the banyas, you know. It was so amazing. All the it's and it's so cool how everybody had a little bit of their cities, you know, the Chicago guys, oh, they all brought Chicago flags. Uh, the LA guys, they all had Dodgers hat with Real Madrid to the side. They all had their own identity, and it was crazy. I got to meet a Spaniard by the name of uh, Marcos, who was building a museum in Real, of Real Madrid in Madrid. Wow. Like, uh, I got to meet some of the Sur Florida fans, and uh, one of them got actually interviewed by Bleacher Report. Uh, she was uh, she was called the crazy soccer mom, but it's just how passionate she is for it and just such a unique experience for me because I had never been exposed to that I haven't had the pleasure of going to Madrid and watching Real Madrid live but being in that environment it's just like it just wants you like it just makes me want to work harder to just eventually get there you know that's what's up. That's what's up. And that's the dream, right? Going over there. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and dude. I mean, I would love to just do a tour of Europe in general of like all the stadiums, you know, and eventually, you know, South America, because that, I've seen some of the Boca games yeah. and they get awesome. Like just how the intensity of football there. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. It like, I mean, that's, that's a crazy experience. Like I, I wish I could like, I was, like I was telling Paul from like, from the Wolves, um it's cool to see like so many groups you know because you know now that i'm getting into this whole like you know with the podcast and getting to know different people there's so many groups from like so different teams and i always say like i wish my team had a had a supporter group you know um but also i mean we have the dynamo so i guess i have my little home team that i can kind of support you know and we also have the dash as well um so yeah i mean for sure for sure that's that's pretty cool um I was going to ask you something and I forgot, but I'll probably remember to on that. For sure. But I wanted to ask you, uh, going into more into the Real Madrid and, and like the league coming back, um, how, do, how do you see the, the league? Like, what do you think about the whole league coming back? How do you think the team is going to do since you guys are fighting right it's, there again with Barcelona? For sure. It's a crazy schedule because it's going to be so many games back to back that I'm actually very worried about fatigue and injuries. And if you followed a little bit of La Liga this season, Real Madrid was plagued by injuries this season. (laughs) And the fact that we're fighting one point difference is a miracle. But at the same time, it just shows the kind of quality that we bring to La Liga. Um, the good thing is that this, well, not the good thing because the pandemic is horrible, <laughs> but yeah. during the yeah. pandemic, a lot of our injuries were able to recover. Uh, like Marco Sensio is back, Eden Hazard is back, you know. Unfortunately, Jovic got injured a little bit early um, before they, they announced the coming back of La Liga. So the reinforcements are there, which is good. And the, the thing is, it really can go either way because – this is such a weird experience, especially for the players now, because not only are they not going to have the support of the fans, but we are actually not even going to be playing in our home stadium because Santiago Bernabeu is going huge renovations. Like they're making a, uh, uh, like a bigger stadium. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to be playing where Castilla, our reserve players, play. So, And on top of that, not being playing at Santiago Bernabeu, we're not even going to play with fans. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting situation to see how the players react. Uh, I don't know if you got to see the Dortmund Bayern game a yeah. few days ago, but you know, usually when you play a Signal Iduna Park, 
like it's intense to play a, a, oh, yeah. a, under those dormant conditions and not having that yellow wall. You know, Bayern Munich took advantage of that. You know, sure. so it really shows like how fan morale can affect the game. But at the same time, you know, like we'll see how the game will be tested. Bundesliga started a little early, so their games are a little more spaced out. But uh, the La Liga is going to be every three days, I, I believe so. So we'll see how they manage the, the injuries, the, the condition, everything. Yeah, I saw that basically in these two months, you have, what, 11 games to be played? So it's basically it's you intense. play a, a Sunday, like a weekend game and a weekday game. And, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, I also read, I'm pretty sure you know, because uh, you obviously know more than me about La Liga, but they're, I think they approved the, I, I don't know if it was Premier La Liga, but they're approving the, to have five uh, subs, um, you know, instead of the, the regular three, you know, just to compensate with the, like you said, the fatigues and the possible injuries. For sure. You know, so much to be played. And, you know, being a competitive team, there's so much, like, you know, to risk, uh, you know, because you obviously want to be up there winning. Yeah, and the stakes are higher because, you know, during this pandemic, you know, you want to see your team lift the trophy at least. And especially because they haven't said anything about the UEFA Champions League. So uh, by the looks of it, they might cancel it. So at least you want to walk, walk away with one trophy. Um, one of the, I haven't heard about the five sub thing. Uh, that would be interesting because that would make up for the fatigue and all the... Um, yeah all the craziness that's going to be for La Liga. Uh, what I did feel bad for was uh, Bilbao and Sociedad didn't get to play their Copa del Rey finals. Yeah, and it was the first time it was like non-Barcelona or non-Madrid <laughs> Copa del Rey final. It's going to be a Bass final. So I do feel bad for them. Hopefully they'll be able to make up the final game, even if it's without fans. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's a crazy scenario. No one would have ever imagined it. Um, some leagues already canceled without champion. The French league, well, they, then they just gave the, the championship to the first place. So mm -hmm. it's a very different situation. And honestly, I applaud the players for, you know, still going at it, you know. And hopefully this, we, we can turn around La Liga. But at the same time, you know, it's understandable. There's such a different situation. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's so much, like, pushed into so little time right um but when your opinion what do you think how do you think it's gonna turn out for real madrid do you think you guys have the the men power to to pull it off or or what do you, what have, do you obviously, have everything yes, right? honestly it's we have the power because we we had such an improvement of a season from last season which was our which is literally what we call the post cristiano era So it was such an improvement and you saw it in everyone, you know, you saw it in Courtois, you saw it in, in Ramos, you saw it in Benzema, like right now we're, we're more of a unit, the, the young players that we were expecting to step up, they're finally stepping up, you know, there's a few exceptions, maybe like uh, Jovic who hasn't been able to adapt to our system. But most of the players, you know, like who would have thought Vinicius Jr. scoring a goal against Barcelona and much less Mariano, you know, like mm -hmm. a 2-0 On top of that, you know, Rodrigo doing fantastic in the Champions League. So it's, it's a lot of things, you know. Mendy stepping up when Marcelo was injured. So we have the capabilities to beat them. It's just a matter of, like, if Barcelona slips up, you know, against your typical 
team that just goes full hard against the big teams, you know? Yeah. Well, if it gives you any hope, uh, River and Argentina, they were uh, up top and uh, they, they lost their last two or they tied their last two games where gave Boca a chance to actually beat them on the last fetch of La Liga to beat them. So, nice. Hey, some hope, it's right? It's intense, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. It, it was uh, sorry if I get a little sidetracked, but what did you, um, what did you think of what happened, uh, not this last uh, Libertadores, but the one before? What um, was your opinion about all that craziness? You're breaking my heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's just like your typical Argentinian, like, you know, I'm the, I excuse my French. But the fuckery of, of being an Argentinian <laughs> and like being part of that Argentinian, you know, culture. Uh, I mean, everybody, it was supposed to be a party, right? You know, we, you come to our house, we party it up. We go to your house, we party it up. But, you know, people don't know how to behave. Uh, and I mean, me, myself, uh, what had happened was that the River fans, whenever the, the bus was going, they threw some rocks, they busted some windows. Uh, so one of our guys got like, he got a, a glass in his eyes. I don't know if I believe him. I'm, I'm supposed to believe him cause he's from my team, but I don't know, you know? So obviously course, he was injured and, uh, you know, going to, uh, to Europe, it was a very interesting call. Cause like they could have played it anywhere else, you know, like, uh, I don't you know, know played like in Brazil. Or, exactly, um, Brazil. They could have gone to Azteca and Mexico. Hell, they could have even brought it to Houston, and that they would have made a lot of money cool, there. Man. But yeah, the but fact, you know, the fact also, that they no, go ahead. No, go, 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 go. go. No, the, 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 the fact that they took it to our stadium, Santiago Bernabeu, that was crazy. You know, man. so like, it really now that I actually get to talk to a Boca fan, you know, it's interesting to see like what was that like. I was, what was like that reaction to that decision, you know, to go all the way to Spain to play that second leg? At the end of the day, I believe it was like a money thing. Uh, of course, obviously, the prestigious, like the prestigious, whatever that word is, of like having a, such a great, like you're not only have a Clásico, but you have it as a final of La Copa Libertadores. Which is yeah, like, no, exactly. It's like the ultimate game of like the ultimate games. It's like, I don't know, like Real Madrid, Barcelona for the champions, you know? Oh, and God. yeah, like just imagine like the, the emotions and the craziness and like what so that brings to it. Because, uh, you know, River having that whole era of going to the second division and then coming back. So obviously we, we give them shit for that the end of time right and then that was like their only chance to to like kind of even it out in a way you know saying (laughs) hey we beat you at the most important cup of the most important time like but uh but yeah i mean it was cool i knew people that flew from like some river fans that flew from the u.s to madrid to to like go watch it and i mean it was a crazy experience i mean it's a crazy experience for sure uh, it was, I can it was imagine. Weird. I mean, it sucked, you know. I'm not going to say that I cried, but maybe I should have. Hey, man, we've, we've all suffered our arrival once in a while, you know, yeah, yeah. so I totally get you. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it was good. It, I mean, River, to be honest, and I always tell people, like, River had the better team. Like, they had, like, a really well-stacked team that, you know, with Piti Martinez and, like, Prato and, like, some guys that they had. 
And Boca, to be honest, had they have always have names and you know little figures that they have because you know they're they're they have to because of who they are as a team. But they weren't really up to. I really don't even know how we made it to that final. I think it was just the 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 will of like or being the name of like you know we're Boca and we have to win some like win every game. Um, but you know. It, they they had a better team for sure. Everybody knew it, but obviously you're not gonna say, "Oh, they're gonna beat us." You know, you're gonna. Of course, expect, yes. Especially those games, because those games, it doesn't matter who has the better team. It's all about like willpower and like going out and giving everything. So yeah, everything you, changes when it's a final. You, you know, yeah, like, you can yeah, you can have anybody, but I'm still gonna go out there. So and true. Probably beat you. You know. Yeah, I totally feel you. Uh, like for example, I'll give you a like, since you were since I opened a wound, let me open my wounds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like the, the same thing happened to us when we played uh, against Ajax. You know, we won the first leg, but the second leg they just completely dominated. And you know, obviously we didn't have Cristiano anymore, but the players that had to step up didn't step up. You know, and it was the same week that we lost to Barcelona twice. It was just terrible. You know, so I I totally understand you what it is to not only suffer a rivalry but suffer games that like you know that they have what it takes to win it but at the end of the day it wasn't enough yeah yeah i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It it just sucks. (laughs) It sucks. I I guess, (laughs) you know, that's football, you know? Football goes up and down. One day you're, you're up there and then the next day you can be down low. But so true. That's the beauty of the game, right? The beauty of the game that you go through so many emotions and like you get so into it and like so embedded into the sport that you suffer so much, you know. And then whenever you win, I agree. you win everything. Like exactly, you know. There's no there's no dispute about that. <laughs> right? I I don't think I mean, I don't think any other sport can actually I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I've never seen any other fan of any other sport like suffer the way that soccer fans suffer for for their teams. I don't know about you, but uh, I think it's a bit of it. Just depends, you know, the fan base. I know some fan bases are more relaxed, especially in other sports than yeah. like than in football. But uh, based on my experience, what I've seen, well, I mean, you know, we always suffer with the Houston Rockets oh, yeah. during the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, I know, right? And, and, well, I mean, with the Texans, I think we're a little more relaxed since we're such a new team. Well, new team because we were from the early 2000s. But, uh, and then with the Astros, I think, it's, I think they have more pressure out of all of them because especially because they just won it recently. Like, well, not recently, sure. but just a few years ago. So, and I think with terms of other sports, I think the people who I've seen like either intense, I think it has to be England with rugby because similar to, you know, in football, they created the sport yet. They're not the multi-champions. They're not the, they're not the ones that are there in the, every final, you know? 
So I think for that, I, I, I think I can still relate to that. In other sports, there's more individuality. It just depends if you're a really hardcore fan of, like, for example, tennis. Like, unless you're, like, a hardcore fan of, of Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, you're, not really, you're just going to enjoy the sport rather than, you know, like, yeah. I mean, true, like, maybe the Olympics, but at the end of the day, the passion, it doesn't come close to football. True, true, yeah. So uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, going back to Real Madrid, um, for sure I had a so earlier today I saw that uh, Real Madrid is kind of you heard about Lautaro Martinez uh, possibly going to Barcelona and I read today that Real Madrid is probably uh, throwing in their names in the hat for that what do you what do you think about that the thing about rumors in Spain is that is it, day, huh? it sells newspapers <laughs> you gotta make um, money the thing is Nah, I know. And the thing is, is that so I've, heard a, I've heard a lot of people. I've heard Lautaro Martinez. I've heard Kavinga for, from the French League. I've, heard, I've even heard Haaland, even though he recently got bought to Dortmund. Um, Lautaro, I think he, if he doesn't do anything with Inter the Milan this season, I think he will make that jump. Um, I think he will seek that either... Real Madrid-Barça, I had heard that Atletico had interested in him as well, but it, it just depends on, like, what the player situation is. Unfortunately, I don't follow Serie A uh, as much as I used to when I was in college. <laughs> yeah. now, that, now that work gets in the way, you only focus on your team and your team only. Sure. But from based on Serie A, like, Serie A is not competitive right now. You know, Juventus, even when they struggle, they're still winning the league like by good at least three to four points and sometimes even more so the city has not really a competition to be there unless the team actually aspires for champions league or even europa league so i do think that Otto will make that jump that it's going to be real madrid or barcelona it could be either to be honest um the thing about rumors is that uh, they could be very dangerous. Sometimes you don't even hear any rumors and boom, the player's bought. <laughs> right, yeah. But for for example, you know, like Luka Jovic, there wasn't that much speculation for uh, for him to be bought by Real Madrid and boom, Real Madrid was the, the first one to buy them. Uh, the same thing happened with Haaland. Haaland was kind of like being linked with Manchester. He was being linked with Manchester City and he ended up in Dortmund. But at the same time, the... For especially for an Argentinian, you know, you have such a such an interesting pass in both clubs that honestly, I could see them. I could see him in either club. I think it'd be a little more realistic with Barcelona though, because you know Madrid having Benzema and already Luka Jovic, and on top of that Mariano. If he does arrive to Real Madrid, that's going to be either someone's going to get loaned or someone's going to get sold. And Karim Benzema has that position secured. Like, yeah, he might get subbed off once in a while, but. That dude has that dude has a good relationship with Zinedine Zidane, and he's not going anywhere anytime yeah, soon, at least. That's his that's his position right there. Exactly, and because he's such a flexible nine, unlike Luka Jovic and even Lautaro, because they're pure nines. You know, they yeah. focus on their job is scoring goals. Benzema has every goal. He'll score a goal, but he'll also try to like get the defense away so you can score a goal. He'll be back there defending. Next thing you know, he's playing wing. You know, the the dude's everywhere. So, yeah, it, like, like I said, I, I've been, as I get older, I get more cautious now with rumors because 
like look what happened with the Neymar thing. Everybody got so crazy. Like Neymar's leaving PSG. Neymar's leaving PSG. Like it's almost there. It's transfer market day. He's just gonna sign the papers, and he wasn't even remotely like close to leaving PSG. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's, yeah. That's crazy. Like it's. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, like, until the Real Madrid website says Comunicado Oficial, um, uh, <laughs> you, to me, it's kind of yeah. like, exactly, you know, and as much as I would love to, like, buy two or three players from every league, you know, right now we have to focus on what we have right now, especially because we have so much young talent right now, and we have to kind of get used to, like, developing those players because, once in a while, you know, we start developing them and they either go on loan or they go on loan too many times that we just end up selling them. You know, look what happened with Morata. You know, we ended up loaning him, loaning him, loaning him until he ended up getting sold, you know. And even when we bought him back, we ended up selling him again. And you actually were about to hit two of my next questions. Uh, uh, one of them is who, who should we watch for? Who do you think it's going to be uh, like the next... I don't know the next star coming out of uh, coming out of uh, Real Madrid. The next star of Real Madrid. So recently we bought Hazard, and unfortunately the injuries has has not allowed him to shine. Uh, based on what I've seen from this season, Vinicius Junior. He's on the right path. He's he's working. He's making it time. He takes advantage of every starting position. Rodrigo kind of came in as a natural. Like scoring a hat trick in a Champions League game was pretty amazing. And especially because you're stepping up when, you know, Gareth Bale isn't stepping up or when Hazard is injured, you're taking advantage of the games that you're playing. So to me, Rodrigo might be a big chance. Uh, right now, we currently have a few players on loan. Uh, Ceballos seems to have a decent season with Arsenal. Not sure where they're at right now, but uh, based on what I've seen, he's pretty much on form. Uh, Kubo, from the Japanese uh, player that we actually ended up stealing from Barcelona, um, he's actually being a starter for Mallorca. But the one star that I think is ready to just come back and make an impact is Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard, not only did he come off the bench for Real Sociedad, but he actually became the star player. So I think the, the guy has the potential. I mean, even since we bought him, like when he was playing for that Norwegian club, he was a starter at such a young age and first division on top of that. So I think Martin Odegaard might be the, the one player that he's going to – he's either going to shine around Madrid or he's going to shine at, a, at, a, at another club. But hopefully I, it's for our team. Right, yeah, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to write them down and, and keep up with them. Hopefully we'll for get to sure. see them in white, right? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> ecstatic. I actually bought his jersey when he came to Madrid. I still have the uh, 41 Odegaard. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I can't wait to see him dressed in white. Um, I don't know who would get loaned or sold, but um, or even if he comes back as, you know, with a Castilla number and gets called up for the senior team, I'm, I'm excited to see him at least on the bench and just ready to, you know, score goals or just set up plays enough to, for the win games, you know. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then kind of blending in into the next question is, who would you like to have in your team now? Like – out of if you could pick anybody out there or like who do you like that you're like you know what if I could and I had the money or I, I had the power I would pick them right out bring them over here look 
I, right now, there's a re- very real scenario right now that Gareth Bale might leave, especially because, you know, his attitude has not been the best this season, especially because, uh, you know, everything, him not trying to learn Spanish, him kind of just focusing on his hobbies, you know. Don't get me wrong, I'm very thankful for Gareth Bale, <laughs> but, but he, his attitude kind of does seem like he's getting ready to either get sold or just waiting for the contract to end. And that's a very real scenario right now. So if, if I had to put down the money right now, like go all in, doesn't matter how much he costs. I would have to say Kylian Mbappe, the fact that he's such a natural and the fact that he can fill in not only the wing position, but the fact that he can also play right wing is amazing to me. And we haven't seen that in a while. So, and, you know, obviously Benzema is not leaving anytime soon. Hazard, despite his injuries, you know, he was a Florentino number one pick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been trying to get Hazard like from way back because he's been trying to leave Chelsea. So if in the event that Bale leaves, you know, and we're still, you know, warming up Vinicius, we're still warming up Rodrigo, we're still warming up Asensio, then I would say spend the money on Mbappe. The fact that PSG was able to pull that out of their sleeve, you know, with Monaco and be like, hey, just loan him to us and we'll just pay you the rest afterwards. <laughs> if they can do it, we can do it. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but uh, it shouldn't be like that because that ruins the transfer market completely. But like you said, in a, in a fictional scenario where I can buy whoever I want, it would have to be Mbappe. He's such a consistent player, and I think he's going to shine with a team that actually competes for a league rather than you know, being in a team like, yes, you get those tough Champions League games. And he proved that PSG has, like the way they eliminated Dortmund, it, they, they have the capabilities to go, go all the way. But at the same time, you know, that being in that French league and not to tarnish the French league by, by all means, but PSG has had that kind of amount of money that it has put all the other teams on, on an unfair advantage. So mm. I do think if Mbappe makes that jump to that, you know, to, I don't, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to insult <laughs> PSG, but, but if Mbappe makes that like jump to a team that will use his capabilities to to the full max, I think it would be amazing just to see him there. And, you know, like, especially because Modric is uh, at a certain age, you know, you never know if he's going to take up the 10 or the 7, so. Yeah, 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 exactly. You just kind of move him around a little bit, bring the other guy in. For sure. No, but, uh, but yeah, man, that was, that was it. That's, that's all the questions I had. I want to kind of get myself into the, into the La Liga. Get me get me excited and get the listeners excited in, in La Liga. And hopefully, you know, everybody kind of keeps up with what's going to go on, you know, between obviously the two biggest teams in probably what the last 20 years, uh, you know, Oof, Real Madrid and yes. Barcelona. I, I totally agree. And the rivalry between Real Madrid and Barcelona, and even before the Messi Cristiano era, like th- these two clubs have been, you know, what pushes like football around the world, you know, don't get me wrong. I think the Premier League has done wonders, you know, to bring football fans, especially here in the U.S., you know. But, you know, a Clásico is a Clásico. Even if you don't follow La Liga, this is – that is the game to watch, like, of all leagues. And yeah. the best part is that we're such a – we're only one point away from Barcelona. Like, yes, we get called a lot of times the, the two-horse race. But, <laughs> I mean, anything can happen, especially in the, right now during this pandemic. It's going to be an intense schedule, you know, and even if you miss a game here or there, especially during the weekdays, because we'll either be working or, <laughs> or trying to work, 
it's going to be such an interesting thing how what games will be won, what games will be drawn, you know, like what teams are going to step up like to ruin the big, the big team's day, you know, and it usually happens like that. Sometimes we get the most unexpected game. For example, Real Betis, they beat us 2-1 in the last game before the pandemic. And, you know, like, yes, Betis is a decent team. You know, they've actually been able to acquire players here and there pretty well. But, you know, you don't expect, you know, Madrid, you know, after beating Barcelona to lose to Betis, you know. So yeah. there's always those teams that trip up the big teams. Uh, Sociedad for seasons, they've tripped Barcelona up, especially <laughs> when not only when they had Carlos Vela and Griezmann, but even when they didn't have Griezmann, Carlos Vela would trip up Barcelona. So it's such an interesting thing, you know. Uh, I would never see it as a two-legged race. Uh, it's a two-horse race, but rather, you know, who's going to come out on top with the intensity of, especially now that people want to see their teams win from, from a computer screen. Gotcha, gotcha. And now to finish it off, we're going to do a, 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 what's it called when you go really fast? A fire round? What do you call uh, it? Yeah, of course. So uh, I'm going to give you all the, the games that, the, you know, that Real Madrid has left, and you're going to give me the okay. score. You're going to tell me nice. how, how Real Madrid is going to do against them. And then uh, at the end of the season or at the end of each game, I'll send you, I'll send you the number. <laughs> and then we'll Man. see if you're wrong or right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. We'll see. So, uh, first game, you'll have uh, Eibar, right? That's how you pronounce it? Eibar, I would say 4-0. We're okay. coming on fresh. We have a bench ready. And on top of that, it's uh, – I don't want to call them a small team, but honestly, They're we're just team. a bigger team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to be honest. Uh, For sure. <laughs> uh, then you have uh, Valencia at home. Or you guys Valencia are at home. At home. Yeah. Well, we're going to be playing at the Castilla field. Oh, so I would say, I would say a 3-1. I think they do, they do get to score on us. Yeah, I guess with the whole pandemic, I guess being at home doesn't really matter, right? Because there's no people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. like, well, I mean, we're taking advantage to renovate the stadium. So, I mean, we'll technically be at home, but it's going to be where Castilla plays. Yeah. So then you have uh, Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad. It's going to be a good game, but I think we still win 4-2. 4-2. Uh, then we have Mallorca. Or Mallorca. <laughs> Mallorca. That's where Kubo's playing right now. I think we win a 3-0. 3-0. Uh, then we have uh, Espanol. Espanol. They're known for tripping the big team. So I'm going to give them a little credit. I'm going to say 4-1. <laughs> oh, Jesus. For, that's a little credit? Or like them beating you 4-1? Or you beating them 4-1? No, no, us, us beating 4-1, uh, giving them a credit that they'll be able to score. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have to think positive because we, <laughs> since we're so close with Barcelona, we really can't afford losing or drawing. <laughs> that is true. That's what happened with Paul. We did the same thing with Paul, with the Wolves. And he was like, man, I'm a, I would be a terrible betting person because every game he also put that the Wolves were going to win every game. You so, to, you know, unless I mean, there's two different teams playing, like you're, you, you gotta bet on your team, you know. Exactly right. You you just can't go the other way. I think he exactly. had only one one game that he was losing, and it was the last game against Chelsea. So you know, I guess he's being nice. Um, he's being more fair than I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> then you have a uh, Getafe. 
Getafe or easy? Uh, I would say 5 0. 5 0. All right. Yes. Then Don't get me wrong, Getafe can be a decent team, but uh, the, most of the time Real Madrid dominates. Even without Cristiano, we've, we've dominated Getafe before. <laughs> All right. Then you have Athletic. Athletic club. Bilbao usually trips Barcelona more than they do us. So I'm going to say 2 1 victory us. 2 1. And then we have Alaves. Alaves. Uh, I would say 3 0. 3 0. So then, it's a team that knows how to recruit players, but uh, it's an con- inconsistent team throughout the La Liga. So I'll, I'm giving them the credit that we, it's not going to be a full-on like, destruction. So that's what I'm saying, 3-0. <laughs> like three maybe zero. one goal in the first half and two goals in the second half. A mild destruction. We'll put it, we'll put it like that. <laughs> um, then we have uh, Granada. Granada. Granada actually had a good season this year, though. I would say, I would say three two, three two. But us winning, of course. <laughs> right, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, then we have uh, Villarreal. Villarreal. They they're not as strong as they used to be, but they are having a decent season. I would say three one as well. Three one, and then to finish off La Liga, you have probably the hardest game that you will ever encounter. Which is Leganes. <laughs> Leganes. <laughs> well, we actually almost lost. We've had times where, even with Cristiano Ronaldo, we've actually tripped over Leganes. <laughs> so it is funny that you say that. But without, depending, like, we don't get more injuries and our, our bench is fully stacked and, you know, people are playing the right, the right mentality, I would say 2-0. 2-0 against the hardest team out there. All right, seems, seems, seems easy. You laugh, you laugh now, but there's <laughs> times where like the randomest team trips us over, and it's like, why? Yeah, it's like you laugh now, but we'll see later. Exactly. Like I remember, like one time we barely beat Leganes because Chris, uh, with Cristiano Ronaldo, and it was just because of a penalty. So oh, I do remember times where like Leganes, it's like I don't know. So, uh, yes, so that's like, gonna be the one to watch. Do you then. think? But I do think that, especially because since Barcelona is going to be watching very attentively, I think that we need to strive to win every game. Like, at this point, you know, you're not going to have the pressure, like, even away games, you're not going to have the pressure of fans shouting at you. Um, you're, you're going to have very well-rested players. And on top of that, all, at least our 90% of injuries came back. So, honestly, they – with the exception of like heavy rotation during the games that obviously is going to be a little intense, we should strive to win every game. And I hope Sidan knows what players to play for certain games and what players to play for other games. And he seems like uh, he's doing a good job, right? And an all right job as a, as a, as a coach. Yes. I think he, uh, maybe it could have been, it was a little bit of a rocky start when he, uh, as his comeback, but honestly, compared to last season, it's still an improvement, you know, obviously he's, he's handling a team without Ronaldo and obviously his previous formations as well as tactics revolved around him Benzema and Bale, but now that he's only had to rely on Benzema solely, I think 
there are times where like uh, maybe you should have played this this other player, but there's times where, like he's let other players shine. For example, Ferlandi, Fede Valverde, and uh, well, even Courtois. Courtois got to shine this season. This he actually became he's actually one of the best goalkeepers in La Liga this season compared mm-hmm. to last season where he was considered one of the worst ones. So honestly, it's just a matter of like people stepping up, you know, uh, not being afraid to like. Because I know it can be intimidating sometimes to, to, you know, to put in, to put the shirt on. But now that there's not going to be any fans, you know, there shouldn't be no excuses to not strive to win every game, especially with a team of this caliber. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, man. So we have, uh, we have Real Madrid winning La Liga at the end of the two months then? <laughs> God willing, right? God willingly. Uh, at least with that, I have at least Madrid – Scoring at most points as possible and not giving Barcelona a break. Yeah, like, yeah. That every, knowingly that Barca knows that every game we're just there, 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 right there, there. right there. Yeah. Of, yes, we got you. Good. Yeah. So at least I want that. You know, like I don't mind if they get one draw. You know, I definitely don't want a single loss. But I want at least them. I at least I want that intensity of the players and the team knowing the fact that they're just that one point away for, from their rivals. Because the moment the rivals, you know, get tripped by any, like, any game, that's to take advantage, you know. And, you know, like I said, it's different scenarios, you know, different situation for not all just the players, but for all teams, you know. So it's time to shine, you know, and finish, finish strong. Finish strong, yeah, for sure. So – that's the the end of all my questions and everything that I had for you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, for your time. I, I, don't, I don't even know how long we've been going, but we've been going for a good while. Uh, but before we uh, leave the whole conversation, uh, go ahead and just let us know where they can either find you or the Peña or, and also where you guys meet up for the games. For sure. So in all social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and even Facebook, you, y'all can contact me at, at J-R-U-G underscore 17. Uh, for the Peña is as well for all, all social media is at B Madridista HTX. Cool. Perfect. So there you go. And also, where do you guys meet up for the games? So I have to see, like, in terms of, like, what our bar is going to be doing in terms of uh, safety scenarios for it. Because mm-hmm. let's be frank, you know, uh, as much as I want to host games, like, now, <laughs> yeah. um, I do have to keep in mind that some people are really being cautious about this coronavirus things. Even if some people aren't, I need to, like, know what the bar is going to do in terms of, like, now that the games are going to be coming back, what their policy is going to be. So, like, just going to th- going to see what what how to manage it, mm-hmm. and yeah, go from there. You know. Cool. And on a regular day, let's just say nothing was going on. Where do you guys meet up? Oh, I'm so sorry, uh, no, Richmond no, Arms. Good, so... But that I mean, that's good <laughs> clarification because a lot of people are going to show up and they're going to be like, "Hey, six feet away," you know, like high air high <laughs> exactly, five and stuff. You know? Here. Have five in, you know. <laughs> uh, we meet at Richmond Arms. Uh, it is on, the, if just to get an notification, it's, it's near Galleria Mall. It's Fountain View and Chimney, uh, no, Fountain View and Richmond Avenue. It's literally to the corner next to a Burger King and to a Wendy's. It's between those two. Perfect, perfect. The fa- yeah. and they're fantastic guys, uh, Richmond. 
Open Arms. If you guys want to support the local businesses, that is one business to support. Uh, they, they're doing takeout uh, foods. I am aware that they did open karaoke night um, last Saturday, but I don't know what they did in terms of policy. But if y'all want to go support the bar, if y'all are too cooked up and need to go somewhere for a drink, uh, Richmond Arms is the place to go. Perfect, perfect. So yeah, well, I'll put all the descriptions on the, you know, below on the thing. And uh, yeah, but thank you. Thank you again, Juan. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for watching or listening, whatever you're doing. Don't forget to follow Cuatro Cuatro Dos uh, also on Instagram and Twitter. It's Q-U-A-T-T-R-O, and then say that twice, and then dos. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's everything we had. Once again, I appreciate you, and thank you for uh, for joining me. for this. Thank you so much, and thank you for this opportunity, man. I really enjoyed uh, talking football with you, and it's such a – hope we can do it again. Yeah, for sure. Whenever uh, Champions League's come back – you guys have uh, something ahí pendiente with Manchester City. For sure. Uh, we got lucky, you know, like uh, Liverpool, you know, so. <laughs> That's for sure. We're, we're hot and ready and ready to come back, you know. Perfect, brother. I'll hit you up then. And it was nice meeting you. Hopefully we'll meet in person soon, brother. My pleasure. And you're always invited to watch the game with us. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Have a good one, man. You too. Stay safe. See you, brother.